0: testing testing that's too close all right here testing testing okay that sounds good so um I recorded about 30 minutes of talking and then realized I didn't actually record it so I'm gonna redo this and try not to make that same mistake it's definitely recording now so let's do this to start this. Hey guys welcome back to another episode of Unplanned Podcast. Today I'm going to be answering one of your questions. So today's question comes from Bambi from Dear Bambino and she asks, hey Jess uh, my question for you is as somebody who used to struggle turning down creative opportunities do you have a checklist that helps select the projects or commissions that you now undertake I think you would provide a very valuable insight into this reflection that goes into that decision. Thank you, Bambi, for such a good question. A tough question too. Uh, And it does bring back a lot of memories because I don't do client work anymore. Uh, I used to a lot when I was a photographer. I did a few art client commissions, uh, but found that I didn't really enjoy it at all. So I feel very fortunate that I don't have to do any client work anymore but I can share some of my learnings from when I did a lot of photography projects and client work. I just want to clarify yes I used to find it really hard to turn down projects because I found it really hard to say no to people and a lot of the time the clients were friends of friends or just friends in general so I found it really hard to say no to them because I didn't want to let them down but the second part of this is that I totally acknowledge that it is a privilege to be able to turn down a job because I do remember the time when I had to take on every job I could get. I was very grateful for every job I could get, no matter how bad it was, because it meant money and I needed money. And so I totally understand that not everyone has the privilege of saying no to a job. Obviously, there are exceptions, even if you are desperate for money. There's probably some jobs that you just would not take. But I'm going to answer this question with some assumption that you do have some sort of control over what projects you do accept. So like I said, I don't do any more client work, but the same principle or checklist process still applies if I do have to make a decision. So the first question I always ask myself is, what is my gut reaction? Am I really excited for this project? When I first read that email, when I first hear about the project, am I really, really excited for it? Or is there some part of me that's just inwardly kind of recoiling or contracting because i don't have a good feeling about it and it might not just be the project itself but it could be something about the client that makes you not so excited so i think it's good to pay attention to your initial gut reaction also ask yourself if you would still feel the same way if you weren't getting paid for this project so Obviously, money is really important and money pays the bills and we all need money. But if we take money out of the equation, just hypothetically, would you still feel excited for this project? Is it something that you still would really, really want to do? And by taking money out of the equation, it helps you think about the project and think about how you feel about it without the promise of the money. That might not be relevant for you, but for me, money was a really big influence and In a lot of situations, it did blind me to a lot of red flags, whether it was the project or the client. Another really obvious question to ask yourself is, have I had bad experiences with this client before? And it sounds really obvious, but I've made this mistake so many times, I've had a really bad experience with a client, and I think, no, it'll be different next time, or I get blindsided by the money and I agreed to do the project again without really changing anything and so I keep making the same mistakes again so if you've had a bad experience with a client before unless you're going to change something significantly to make sure the same mistakes don't happen again and it doesn't even have to be the same client it could be a very similar client that you recognize some patterns some similarities and you know it didn't go well last time don't make the same mistakes again but also go a little bit further into that what has gone wrong in previous jobs for you and how have you addressed that are you addressing that because from personal experience I know I just kept making the same mistakes over and over I wasn't communicating clearly enough I wasn't setting boundaries I wasn't getting enough details to a job before I said yes so make sure you have a look at your past jobs and look at the past mistakes that you have made to make sure that you're implementing things to avoid that in the future so i'm going to go into some of the red flags for me personally that i think are red flags that helps me decide whether or not i should say yes or no to a job and now because i do have that privilege of being able to choose if i want to do client jobs For me, it has to be a wholehearted yes. I have to absolutely be thrilled, so excited for the job that I say yes to it. If I don't, then I don't have time for it anymore. So now it's a little bit easier for me to say no to jobs because I just honestly just don't have the time for it anymore now that I'm doing the YouTube and the Patreon and these new podcasts. But back when I did have a lot of time, it was a lot harder to listen to myself and to listen to what I actually wanted. And I know some of you might be in that same position, but here are some of my red flags. So the first really big red flag for me is that the client wants to call me all the time. So me personally, I do not like phone calls, I don't mind phone calls if it has a purpose and if it's short but from personal experience a lot of clients just like to ramble on the phone and they want to talk to you and get things off their chest without really thinking it through themselves. One that takes up so much time. Two I don't like being expected to pick up the phone whenever they call me. I want that to be scheduled so if I didn't mind phone calls but the client was calling me all the time I would make sure to communicate that you cannot just call me out of the blue. You would have to schedule in a call. I think that's really important but client boundaries is kind of like a whole nother topic that we'd go into and I find that a lot of the time clients can communicate the exact same thing in a very very short email so I don't like them offloading the work onto me in a phone call and I also love to have things in writing another thing is that if a client messages me a lot like text message text messages are kind of a weird one it's up to you where you want to draw the line for me personally I don't think text messages or Instagram messages you know DMs are a good idea at all unless you Really, really know the client very, very well and you trust them. I think it's much better to stick to email. It's more professional. You'll have everything in writing, but mostly they will not expect you to be on call every single minute of the day. They don't have that access to your attention. When people use instant messaging platforms or just text messages, a lot of the time they expect you to reply instantly. So if a client is texting me a lot or messaging me on Instagram, I would try to divert that to Email and keeping the communication formal. It's a lot harder to be formal on Instagram messages or text messages. In addition to that, because of the nature of text messages and Instagram messages and Facebook messages and things like that, there's not really an etiquette yet, not in the same way that there is with emails. Um, People understand that people don't really check their emails at night and no one expects someone to respond to an email at night. If they do, big red flag. But if a client is messaging me at odd times of the day, at night really early morning and expects a response that is a huge red flag because they are expecting full access to my time and not respecting that they are not the only project that I have on hand. Obviously there are exceptions it could be a really really big project that does need all your time but most of the time I'm assuming that's not the case and the client doesn't need to be messaging you at 10 p.m with a request or to get your thoughts on something, keep it to email. That's a big red flag for me if I can't get the client to respect my office hours and also how I prefer to be communicated with. So another red flag for me is if the client keeps adding to the scope. So this one is kind of at the beginning of the project, but maybe more closer to the middle as well. So in a lot of cases, you've agreed to do a project. The client has pitched something to you. It sounds good, you agree to do it. And then over time, they keep adding little things or changing little requests and of course projects change briefs change and that's natural you're supposed to make some room for that and charge the client for that if there are any significant changes but red flags for me and this happens a lot with friends I've realized is where the clients think they can just keep adding on things for you to do without being charged extra they they phrase it in a way that's super casual and it's just a little extra favor could you also do this or do you think you could give me maybe like one more so I would say be careful of those if you can manage those clients if you have systems in place to deal with those requests absolutely go for it at this stage of my career I have very limited mental energy and emotional energy and if a client is scope creeping like that I just don't have the energy to deal with it and obviously it depends on the client but for me it is a red flag. A lot of little changes and requests and scope creeping like that it might seem like a minor thing or the client might want you to seem like it's a minor thing and one or two changes is totally normal and that's to be expected but when it's a lot of little changes that you don't think are anything significant but when you take a step back and look at all the things that they've asked you to do and it's so much more than you agreed to do that's scope creep and they're maybe not intentionally trying to get you to do more than you agreed to so they don't have to pay you so the easy solution to this is to charge them for it before you agree to do it or before you do anything extra. I know it's hard to set these boundaries with clients and it can feel really awkward but you need to do this in order to protect yourself and to make sure you're not agreeing to do a project that will really really drain you and that you will really regret. So make sure you know what your red flags are and where you draw the line. You need to have some sort of boundaries otherwise clients will just keep Taking and taking. You need to know yourself well enough to know where you will fail. I think another really big one, which I think is important to mention, it hasn't happened as much to me because photography is a little bit different to art in that way, But if a client is asking you to do something which might not necessarily be in your style, I think that one can be a bit of a red flag. Uh, That one totally depends on the project and the client. But in the same vein, if they don't know what your style is, they don't know previous work that you've done you're just an illustrator that they know of because somebody recommended you or you're just a photographer it's always exciting to get a new job and something challenging but you also want to make sure that you are the right person for the job. Are you really excited to do this and do you believe that you can do a good job? There's nothing wrong with admitting to the client that you're not the best person for this. You might realize that it's beyond your skill set or it's just something that doesn't really excite you because you're just not the best person to ask for it. So the checklist doesn't have to be a negative thing. It doesn't have to be that the client is a bad person and you don't agree with their morals and the project is really boring. It could just be a simple mismatch of interests uh your interests just might not align and you might feel like you're not the best person for this job and they're not the best company for you to work with there doesn't have to be any bad feelings about that and i think it's really important to communicate that in the beginning and i know it's hard to turn down jobs for that reason as well to admit that you're not the best person for it but i think it's great to know other people In your industry that do similar things to you but have somewhat different styles and you can each share jobs. And on a related note, if you have a problem saying no to projects, I mean that's a whole topic in itself, but one way to say no in a really nice and polite way is to recommend someone else for the job especially if you think you don't have the skills for the job or you just don't have the the time, the workload to do the job. And it's a great way to like network with other people and to have connections with other people in your industry because you could share jobs in that way as well. But also remember that saying no to a job is not closing that door. It's an opportunity for another door to open. If you took on that job that you didn't feel that excited about you could be saying no to a job that would be absolutely perfect for you again under the assumption that you can choose what jobs you want to do but I think the main question to ask yourself when you get a client job is am I wholeheartedly saying yes to this job am I very excited for this job do I feel like I can do this job really well and I think I believe that I'm the best person For this job so I hope that answers your question Bambi and I hope that helps anyone else there's so much more that I could say about clients but just in summary when it comes to selecting projects or commissions to take on one do I feel good about this project two Am I being respected by the client in this project? And three, would I still love to do this project even if I wasn't getting paid? So I guess putting yourself first is the main thing here when you're taking on client projects because there is a mental, emotional, and sometimes physical cost to taking on a project. And it's up to you to decide whether that client or that project is worth it for you. Make sure you have clear boundaries and you're not disrespecting yourself. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to hear your client experiences. I feel like there's a lot we can share and learn from each other. But thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.